We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Hello everyone, I want to welcome you back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show on X-Zone Radio, xzbn.net. My show explores in depth and breadth five topical issues which are highly problematic. These issues are the prevention and treatment of heroin and opioid addiction, two, suggestions for the training of police and citizens for the purpose of violence de-escalation, three, a manual for first responders and other interested persons wanting to effectively manage anxiety, depression, frustration, and stress, often without the use of medication. I guarantee you, if that went into operation, half the cost of drugs would instantly um, evaporate. It's really a radical solution, which is very simple to implement and very cost-effective. Four, answering questions for any of you who are considering entering some form of psychotherapy or psychoanalysis or what have you. These include, does a person, when does a person become a patient? What's the best method for me to uh, go into? Uh, is there a way to guarantee a perfect fit? And how does change come about? And maybe the most important is what's the cost and how long is it going to last? And is there a guarantee? Five, bringing us to the Continuing topic of today and the other eight uh, broadcasts, or the seven broadcasts, is exploring in depth and breadth the nature of meaningful coincidences named synchronicities by Jung and their practical application. Today, I will continue discussing various themes associated with coincidences and synchronicities. If you followed my first seven broadcasts, you will find the format of my show today is going to be significantly different. I will do, I'll do the main talking. I'm not going to have a guest today. However, I'm going to put it in a question and answer form. During the last um, number of weeks, uh, some of you have responded to my uh, hope that you will send me in some questions. So I will look at them and uh, see what are the most and if I can answer them and do it in some order that is uh, exciting and informative. Uh, I have gotten a number of questions, which um, I will begin to answer today. Uh, in researching this 
very interesting topic, which I've been doing for 50 years, almost 50 years. There does come many points along the way where you wonder what more can be said. Isn't everything been said? And of course, Jung uh, has taken the position that whatever he wrote about in terms of understanding synchronicities is uh, that's all. That's all she said. He said that because from his perspective, eliminating causality as a linking principle between the inner event connected to the outer event, which all, which is the structure of all synchronicities, he said uh, that they cannot be explained rationally by cause and effect um, principles. Therefore, he threw out cause and effect or conventional um, connections between inner and outer. Uh, or psychic determinism, which is what Freud uh, indicated, that anything could be understood as a reaction to some cause. And that all, all linkages all between inner and outer can be explained as uh, understanding cause and effect. Since Jung said, and understandably said, that you can't use conventional causality to make that linkage, he threw it out. And what he replaced it with is a... Um, rather odd concept called acausality. And acausality is really a somewhat, um, I think, not so clever way of saying, look, there's a cause, but we don't really know what it is. And it's not conventional causality, so we're going to call it, call it acausality. Which, of course, leaves the, way, the, uh, the pathway open that if somebody, in this case myself, comes along and says, no, wait a minute, um, Maybe you have to relook at the way that you understand cause. And if there are different meanings to the uh, and, and processes that could be indeed causal, but don't have to be necessarily unconventional causality, well, then maybe you can um, find a way to rationally explain uh, the linkage between inner and outer. Now, of course, Jung says, no, you can't do that. You can't even conceive of a way to make a causal connection. And he offers three, what I call, anti-causal arguments to uh, uh, promote his position. As I have said in past broadcasts, my work of almost 50 years is a rebuttal of what um, Jung says you can't rebut. And, of course, I get that, that gets back to the point of what more can you possibly say about these things? Well, the truth of it is you could say plenty. Just as you think that uh, you've uh, put your arms around it and you've got all there is to talk about this thing, up springs another wrinkle and uh, spurs more research and more interest. In that connection, the first question that I received, I guess we'll have to take a break at this point and I'll come back to the first question. Johanna Carroll, host of Dialogue with Divinity on the Exxon Broadcast Network. While walking along Kanapali Beach in Maui this past year, I kept discovering all these shells and coral in the shape of hearts. My Dialogue with Divinity was very simple. Do you want me to do a retreat to heal people's hearts in Maui next year? And of course, the answer was yes. As a master spiritual teacher, I am offering you a neat retreat called Rise, May 8th through the 12th, 2017, and the chance of a lifetime to rest at a five-star resort for five days and experience a spiritual renewal of your heart and soul. Kanapali is one of the top five beaches in the world. This stunning resort has undergone a $40 million renovation. I walked the entire property, checked out the room choices on your behalf, and I must say, it is stunning. Our conference room faces the ocean with sliding glass doors. Maui is known as Mother Maui because it is a soft, gentle, healing energy. In the embrace of Mother Maui, you will feel yourself 
rising from the limitations of an ordinary life to an extraordinary journey of peace, bliss, and harmony, a greater sense of clarity. Our RISE retreat ignites renewal in the sacred elements of air, water, earth, fire, and wind. There's plenty of free time to enjoy all that Maui has to offer. A small deposit is required now to reserve your space as this retreat, it will sell out. For more details, please go to johannacarroll.com and register today. Aloha, and I'll see you in mystical Maui. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Gibbs show uh, and segue on to the first question. Many of you, like myself, are interested as to the reasons for what appears to be the explosive interest in synchronicities, particularly so in the last decade. I think this is a very important point. I like the idea that um, behavior is purposeful and it probably is no coincidence that right in this decade, there is a, as I said, an explosive uh, surge of interest in this most interesting topic. Why now? From my evidence, when I first started to seriously research these phenomena about 10 years ago, I googled in two key words, coincidences and synchronicities. The results were very interesting. For uh, coincidences, there were approximately 5,000 entries. Uh, now, if you plug it in today, there's 74,000 entries for coincidences. Now, listen to the results for synchronicities. At the time, I don't frankly remember what I came up with, but I think it was um, decidedly low in terms of the statistics. I believe it was something like 500 entries then, 10 years ago. Now, they're 49,000. Just with the keyword synchronicities. That's, that's explosive. More evidence is that if you go on to Amazon or Barnes & Noble and you look at the books on synchronicities and you look at the publishing dates, it's obvious that over the years, particularly recently, there have been, I would say, six, seven books, um, new books on the subject each year, and they keep growing in frequency. Uh, it's a lot of books. I think there's probably over three, four hundred and growing, of which I might plug my own book, which I believe is the best one out, uh, called Demystifying Meaningful Coincidences or Synchronicities, The Evolving Self, The, um, the Evolving Self, I have forgotten the middle word, The Personal Unconscious and The Creative Process. It's a big, thick book having to do with researching uh, primarily patients uh, in, my psychoanalytic patient, in my psychoanalytic practice that I call synchronicity prone and myself. It's very thorough, very comprehensive. It uh, details um, theories of Jung and Freud, which are the uh, major two theories um, 
in the marketplace. Ewing dominates the field still by about 90% to 5%. So some of you are interested in this um, subject might want to know why I became an outlier in the uh, 5 to 10% range. And uh, that to some extent is the reason for me uh, having this topic uh, explored. When I first started, um, as I said, 10 years ago, to um, become in We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Interested, seriously interested in researching this topic. I was aware that in beginning a journal that lasted twenty-seven years. Actually, it was thirty-seven years that I began at nineteen. I realized that there was a peppered through that period of time. I think over pretty much a 20 year period, I had what I recorded were for me, 19 significant synchronicities, which I used uh, to a great extent as the major material for this book. In addition, I uh, had access to a number of my synchronicity prone patients who, without my prompting, indicated they were interested in this topic. And I said, do you have any notes or journals or whatever? And practically everyone did, and they gave me their journals unsolicited. And I used their material in kind uh, to my own, and that became the basis for this book, Demystifying Meaningful Coincidences. I think in terms of answering objectively the question of why now are these things so important? I'm a great believer in going to primary sources. If you want to do original research, go to the people who have them. And maybe you can uh, intuit my next question. The best place, I think, to to try to answer the question of why are these things so uh, significant now is to consult yourselves. It is no coincidence, I would imagine, that if you stayed with me or just tuned in for the first time, obviously something about the subject matter must grab your attention. It isn't, I don't think, a coincidence that that's so. Now, how do you find out what it is that has prompted you to become interested in these things? Some, some of you to research them, some of you just collect them and enjoy the um, seeming magic you know, connected with it, or bathe in what Jung calls the uh, uncanny feeling of numinosity. Some of you are going to be led to uh, understand the implications in which a major one seems to be that there are messages from some transcendent realm of what people often feel is uh, spiritualizing consciousness in outer reality, whatever that is. And others are going to be tempted to take these implications and um, answer questions such as, um, is this, is it true? But Freud said, look, to Jung, uh, in which they both were interested in meaningful coincidences. As a matter of fact, they split over the uh, interpretation of a major coincidence that they uh, had in Freud's uh, study, which I urge you, it's mentioned in depth in one of the broadcasts, but if you haven't read it, Take a look at the interesting, um, in a way, deal breaker between Freud and Jung over the uh, different interpretations of uh, what Jung felt was going on in this shared synchronicity between Freud and Jung. Um, let's go back to your experience. 
I would urge you to do the following exercise, which you can't do now because you're listening to the program, but after it's over, if I can induce each of you to do the following, I think you'll get a great deal of meaning out of this. When you're finished and you have some time, sit down and ask yourself to record all of the synchronicities that you remember having. Some of you hopefully have kept a journal, which I urge you to do. A journal, unlike a diary, is a record of events that somehow seem significant to you, like a dream or something you heard and, or some, some theory you have, virtually anything that you think is somewhat important. Write it down and make sure you date it. Then if and when you have a synchronicity, describe it in detail and fit it into the date that you have for the journal entries. This is invaluable for you in your own personal uh, research and really milking what I think is uh, truly uh, the rich material of synchronicities and the process of synchronicities. So let's say you've recorded a few, many, one synchronicity. If you will, go over them and see if you can remember, and probably will, the very first synchronicity that you had and what you want to do is to put it in context. So by context, I mean you were how old? Where did this event occur? If you happen to remember what was going on in your life, what were you preoccupied with? Did you have questions that were unanswered? Did you have big decisions to make that you were stuck? What have you? Anything uh, having to do with psychological, sociological, philosophical, um, practical context is really very good. Second thing. Go from the very first that you had to the most current synchronicity and describe that in detail, also date it and put it into context. Then, out of the various ones you've had, if there's more than one, select that one particular synchronicity that you think somehow stands out from all the rest. So you have all that rich material. All right, now what are you going to do with it? What I do with it is to take a look and see if you can see some themes emerging that link each of these synchronicities. My guess is you, like me, if you look at the context out of which these things spring, you may seem, you may find some remarkable um, plot or, or, or theme and variation out of which these things spring. At least that's what I did. Um, I indicated in, in previous um, broadcasts that when I had my first major synchronicity, I haven't told you about this one, when I was 19 and a sophomore in college. And um, let's see if I can find the notes to this thing. At the time, let me give you a little bit of context. There was a sophomore. I was um, descending into my own darkness and depression. It was pretty deep. On the outside, I looked fine. I went to class. I made good, reasonably good grades. And I was uh, actively participating on the crew and various things like that. But inwardly, I knew something was getting out of whack. And the, something that was getting out of whack was me. I wrote in my journal, I desperately sought unity and wholeness in the place of a protracted sense of division and chaos. Instead of lightness and freedom, there was a predominance of heaviness and constriction and transformation. I mainly experienced negative inertia expressed as tedious repetition. I felt I was stuck in the mud. I came to a grinding halt. I actively wished for a sign that significant change was possible. It was in this context of feeling quintessentially stuck that I recorded the first of what I considered to be 19 especially meaningful coincidences. I call this first one the sun at midnight. Oh, be aware now, I'm 19. I am painting a picture in my room. The time is midnight. I'm alone in my dorm room at Columbia. I paint a picture of the sun bursting at night. I finish it and call it the sun at midnight. Checking the time, I see it is uncannily exactly midnight. Many of you who report synchronicities are aware of this interesting parallel between thinking a thought and hearing the same thought come from the outside or on the TV 
or you look at the clock and it's 12 o'clock and you see 12 o'clock all over the place and where the numbers one and two come up and you see one and two all over and so forth. It's a typical run of synchronicities. Shortly after, in reading an occult book on the Upanishads, wherein I randomly came across a section describing the four basic elements, fire, air, earth, and water, I was shocked, noting that I had only a few minutes earlier just read about the same concept in a book called The Mystical Kabbalah. Now, what becomes important about this is not that these things happen. These things happen all the time. It's the meaning you impute to it that become important, I think. So I wrote down, fortunately, I wrote down my reaction. I experienced a sense of wholeness and meaningful connectedness. And the implications are that the experience reinforced feelings of being in contact with a spiritual force. Now, that's not new, is it? That many people who have these things are convinced that they are messages from some transcendent realm of external um, uh, reality, which they often believe is spiritualized. And it, it is the flavor of what Jung's uh, take on synchronicities is all about. In his work with patients, he differed greatly from Freud, who essentially believed that everybody was essentially symptoms or people coming to treatment are essentially hung up, usually with problems of sexuality and or aggression, and it stems from early childhood. So if you can get back to the inevitable traumas that make for these uh, symptoms and get people to talk openly about it and connect their feelings with their thoughts and work these problems through, the symptoms will disappear. Jung, on the other hand, said, well, it's not a point. However, not with the patients he saw, nor himself. Had, didn't have the problems that Freud had or thought were uh, the basis for neurosis. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at... Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. 
Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life is no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of On a jazzy note, we return back to Ask Dr. Gibbs online. Um, XZBN from Toronto, Canada. Uh, the reason why I asked you to record as many synchronicities as you can is that I believe if you will look at them, certain themes and variations of themes will snap out. And those are very important clues as to what I believe is the secret meaning or the hidden meaning of your various synchronicities. So for example, my first synchronicity, as I said, was when I was 19 years old at Columbia and feeling very detached and I think really sick and depressed and empty and confused and so forth. Not terribly unusual for sophomores. If people are gonna break down, they tend to break down either in the sophomore year of high school for the sophomore year of college. So it's pretty natural. You know, a lot's going on. You gotta, you know, you're away from home, you're on your own, nobody's usually telling you what to do. You gotta make big decisions, you gotta think about what are you gonna be, what are you gonna major in, passing tests and showing up and dating and whatever. It's it's a tough period. If you gave me a million dollars and you said, all I want you to do is to repeat uh, my years of 19 to 22, I would say, keep your money. I don't want it. I, that's a horrible experience. It's just awful. Uh, moving on then, from 19 to my second major synchronicity. This is important. The gap in time. I probably had other coincidences that went on, but for me, I selected the second one, which I had referred to as the Lazarus synchronicity, Lazarus rising. It happened seven years later when I was 26 years old. That's when I recorded it in my journal. So the passage of time in terms of recording these events was probably about four pages. So I went from 19 years old to 26. You can do that in a journal. You don't have to be faithful to the, it's not a diary. It's a journal of what you believe are important events. And it's good that you select out this other stuff. You don't need it. So to recapitulate what was going on when I had the Lazarus rising. I, I went into depth in one of the programs. I'm not going to repeat the whole thing, but um, it may be noted that I had failed two attempts at uh, psychotherapy. It just didn't work. I left essentially feeling the same way I did when I went into both of them. And I stumbled upon the, what I call the lure of the occult in which I was introduced to esoteric astrology and Kabbalah and so forth, and the first United Church of uh, New York City, where I met some very fascinating, interesting people, some mediums and psychiatrists who went into trance and purportedly um, channeled messages or poetry from Freud and Jung. So a high-level group, you know, this is really interesting. And I was a very mixed up and confused person who by this time really uh, sought out uh, guidance wherever I could find it. I felt as if I were a revolving wheel that was going nowhere fast, and I was stuck in a negative inertia. I couldn't often start to do what I wanted to do, and I often couldn't stop doing what I didn't want to do. I was quintessentially stuck. It was in this, connect, in this context that I got invited to uh, become a member of a uh, consciousness-raising group in which I went and I indicated that I had this rather remarkable experience of seeing in the dark 
a um, what I felt was a grandmotherly face with brandy glasses. And Agatha, the 80-year-old medium, looked at me and she says, well, whose glasses do they belong to? As I was sitting in a circle among 10 people and I turned to my right and I was turned on to this girl and I facetiously said spontaneously, oh, well, they obviously belong to, um, let's call her Margaret's uh, grandmother. And uh, she said, why? And I said, because they're granny glasses and Mar Margaret chimed in and she says, yeah, you're right. I have them on my counter at home. So I was all jazzed up. I was excited. And then as I left the group, I had already indicated that I wanted to try to answer absolute or, or very complicated questions about reality. I wanted answers. And somebody said, here, I'll give you nothing. Go home. And if you have an old, a New Testament, which I had, Open it up at random, ask your question, and, and, and read the first thing that comes to your mind. So I did, and the first thing that came to mind, my question was, do mir are miracles real, or are they baloney? And I open it up, and the first thing I see in my mind's eye is the story of the raising of Lazarus. Well, I got really excited. That's a pretty good hit. And I used it as a reason for calling Margaret. And I called Margaret and I said, I got this most unbelievable coincidence. And she says, wait, before you give me yours, let me give you mine. And I said, okay. And she said, I'm figuring how she's going to beat that. And she did. She said, during that afternoon, when we had met at night, she was out in a uh, in Central Park walking with her psychiatrist, this very unconventional man who I had mentioned, often went into trance and seemingly dictated poetry from Freud and Jung. Uh, quite a feat, if that were true. And he said, listen carefully, that in a past life, past life, the psychiatrist said, in all seriousness, he was at the raising of Lazarus. Well, that's a pretty good synchronicity. That's hard to beat. Let me put this film back on the hook. And I was... Uh, Jumping for joy. I was extraordinarily excited. Now, the importance of that run of synchronicities, starting with the ovular mirror, I mean, the uh, picture of the, uh, the vision of the grandmotherly face and the hit with um, Margaret's um, granny glasses, and she's saying she had them. And the... Um, biblical uh, allusion to uh, the raising of Lazarus and the telephone call to Margaret and her telling me about the raising of Lazarus with her psychiatrist and so forth. That really, um, if I had never really been interested in synchronicities before, that did it. I was enthralled. The meaning of it, my reaction was intense awe and excitement. The implications for me, in my journal I write, I feel as if I'm in contact with a mystery that holds the probability of divine guidance. Coincidences appear to be connected with an unseen occult realm of reality that is spiritualized. Whatever else these events may mean, they add breadth and depth and point to something higher and more meaningful than most events experienced in my or rather ordinary life. A significant reverberation of this remarkable event was my heightened attention in taking note of both my own as well as others' meaningful coincidences. There was no question in my mind that they were indeed remarkable events, particularized by the felt experience of special meaning that characterized them. Okay, this obviously continues on, as yours will, to 17 more that were juicy and big time, as far as I was concerned, and pregnant with meaning that fascinated me enough to begin to seriously investigate the nature and uses of these remarkable events. Now, just by hearing the two, two of them that started this off, it is clear that there are parallel themes and variations I was mixed up, I was confused, I wanted guidance, 
I, it seemed to fail on the earth plane, that I guess I was attracted to the possibility through occultism and spirituality to the possibility of, let's call it, divine guidance. And if there was any pathway to it, lead me on to it. I want to I do it. And so, that, so I took lessons in occult uh, pathways and, sci- and uh, astrology and tarot and Kabbalah and met uh, religiously with these interesting people at Sunday church with uh, mediums and messages and so on. And I got really enthralled with the, what I call the lore of the occult. It also appealed to me because it addressed my whole self rather than me as a collection of uh, neurons or psychological problems and so on. And that became the basis for my, what turned out to be almost 50 year research of these fascinating experiences. Now, over time, obviously, I don't have the same attitudes to what these things are now. I'm, uh, I don't look to the stars at all. I don't think that these messages are from uh, any external place. My theory is that they're self-generated. Now, how did I make the leap from essentially being a uh, de facto union to rejecting that out of hand? And while I don't have any, you know, you, you choose your own, uh, different strokes for different folks, it's okay, but I'm allowed to choose my own too. So that in my asking questions, of Jung and his and rebutting what he thought were uh, unrebuttable uh, arguments that you can't rationally conceive of a way of making uh, causal sense out of uh, the link between the inner and outer um, events that comprise the structure of all synchronicities. What I did mainly to jump the gun was to go into an 11 year psychoanalysis where perhaps the major thing that I learned was how to stimulate my um, a critical thinking, which led directly to what I believe was uh, turning on what I think everybody has is their own unique uh, creative process. And of course, in my title of my book, the second half is the, the demystification part occurs, I think, when you are able to have an idea of who you really are, who is yourself, and what does that really mean, combined with making a felt connection between your personal unconscious, not the collective unconscious of Jung, but your personal unconscious, and how that directly leads into a connection with what I believe is your own uh, idiosyncratic creative process. So that, I guess what I'm saying is, if you will look at your own material, and you keep a journal, and you will see over time what your core beliefs are. Now, now the second question is, why am I, directly leads from uh, the first, why am I seemingly overly, maybe overly concerned with theory and not get close enough to, or quickly enough to the me? You know, like, what do you do with these things? Many will feel like, isn't this agonizingly slow? You know, why don't you just, what's all this intellectual stuff? Why don't you just, you know, jump into it and tell me what to do with synchronicities? Well, fine, but it's not that simple. My experience is that different, that you take a look at anything and you can find alternative meanings to virtually anything. For example, please each of you answer the question. One plus one equals da two. All right, look again. One plus one from another angle, from another context, could equal try 11, the number 11. Well, look again. From still another angle, one plus one might equal three. Take the idea of father, potential father, potential mother, have sex, and they are likely to produce a third child, and then the child becomes equated with the number one. You get the point. You can do that with anything. We will continue to the last segment in a moment.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. What happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. You're listening to the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. Welcome you back to the final segment of the Ask Dr. Gibbs show. 
I had stopped at a point where I indicated that um, any anything, uh, any perception, idea, thought, what have you, can be viewed from a, in a different context, resulting in entirely different meanings. And that's precisely what Freud and Jung did with respect to their uh, different versions of synchronicity theory. And their different versions of uh, therapy and their different versions of what symptoms are, virtually everything. The special meaning associated with coincidences which make a, 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 a coincidence into a synchronicity is the special meaning attributed to the event. Where's the special meaning come from? has to come from the individual self who's generating the special meaning. So, for example, listen to the different, incredibly different 180 degree perspectives with respect to answering the meaning of life. Uh, two quotes, one by Jung and one by Freud. Jung says, my whole being was seeking for something still unknown that might confer meaning upon the banality of life. The banality of life, ergo his idea that there's got to be something transcendent, got to be something extra special, which he calls spirituality, which is really otherworldly and out of this mundane world. This mundane, from his vantage point, basically a pain, and he wanted to escape into, I guess, pleasure. Whereas, listen to the same idea with respect to, or the same uh, interest with respect to Freud, who says the outcome of a significant psychoanalysis is for the patient to be able to convert a neurotic suffering into an acceptance of everyday common misery. Okay, I heard the yells, Freud's cynical and he's uh, not spiritual and so on. No, I think he's got it. What he is saying is everything is on this earth plane. That's all you really got. And everything else is a projection into fantasy about what you would like there to be, including heaven and hell and all the rest of it. That the final issue, I think, or the most important issue in the um, experience of synchronicities, if you're really serious about this stuff, it really forces you to deal with the biggest questions of life such as, who am I? What do I want? Why am I here? Is there a meaning for me? Or is it, is it to be discovered or created? Who's responsible for it? How do I know? All that kind of stuff. That's really deep. It also, I think, addresses what I believe is the most fundamental question of being alive, which is, who is your ultimate authority figure? It is either a projection of authority in the form of what? God, or the unknown, or science, or religion, or love, or what have you. It could be anything. Or it is ultimately you and your own experience of what life is about based upon what you have managed to learn and the way you add up all the things that are important into your own personal philosophy. I stand with the latter. Um, most Jungians go with the former. Now, that's fine. Different strokes for different folks. What has this got to do with theory building? As I said before, many of you are going to take the position of, look, get, get to the meat and potatoes of this thing. Tell me what to do with these synchronicities and how to interpret. Well, it's not so simple. You can't do it or you sure change yourself. The different theories come out of the theorist's own perception as to what is real. What am I talking about? What I've learned over my 50 years, near 50 years of researching is that different synchronicity theories will be derived primarily from the basic primary philosophical assumptions made about the nature of reality how we have knowledge of reality and what that knowledge is, in addition to certain primary assumptions about various knowledge bases, including depth psychology, the esoteric occult, spirituality, and particularly scientific method. You can add others into the mix, but those are the essential ones that I'm talking about.
Now, why is that important? Because depending upon your basic assumptions about these primary philosophical issues and the rest of the knowledge bases are going to be derived alternative organizing concepts which are going to be utilized as filters of experience which is going to be able to organize the chaos that you have which ultimately lead to various interpretations and utilizations of synchronistic phenomena in the next and probably last segment with respect to um, uh, synchronicities, I will finally get to the meat and potatoes and give you an overview as these primary differences between Freud's theory and Jung's theory, and most important, how to interpret your own synchronicities and what to do with them. I hope what I have done or I'm doing is to stimulate you all to get really interested in this subject. And I like the idea of uh, Yates who indicated that with respect to uh, seemingly dealing with all this esoteric stuff, that the longest, actually it's not Yates, it's Ulysses, it's um, who wrote Ulysses, uh, that the longest way round is the shortest way home. I concur with Spinoza who said anything worth accomplishing is as difficult as it is rare. So I hope you will indulge in my uh, seemingly endless speculations. Um, it's been a wonderful experience. I, uh, in the future, I'm going to start tackling how to uh, manage your own anxiety, um, uh, depression, stress, and other negative feelings without the use of medication. I think it's a huge issue, and as I said before, if this idea got adopted, half the cost of the drugs uh, would disappear. And I think that uh, they'll never let this idea be wide ranging for the reasons why I just said profit motive. But this idea really works. And I hope you will all tune in and invite your friends to uh, be part of it. Thank you very much for listening. And if uh, once again, you're interested in looking at my book, go on Amazon, plug in Gibbs Williams, and you will see demystifying meaningful coincidences and the rest of the title. You can also go to Facebook and look at my um, website on uh, Ask Dr. Gibbs. In addition to which, if you want to reach me uh, personally, please uh, use my uh, email address, which is uh, gibbsonline.com. Back down, back over that. Ask, what, do I have a email address? Williams at ny. 11 uh, care of aol.com please send me hopefully your questions which you can also ask on facebook and if you want to plug into the uh, eight previous broadcasts uh, go to youtube plug in my name gibbs williams and it will bring you to the um uh broadcast which you can uh, download and uh, hopefully enjoy Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your uh, being here. And if you have any suggestions, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, I will be very open to them. And if you have uh, interest in other areas, please do not hesitate to uh, suggest them to me. I look forward to uh, meeting you in the future. And please tell your friends and uh, loved ones and uh, shout it out to the world that uh, this is an interesting broadcast, hopefully. and. Uh, I invite you and tons of people to uh, listen. Thank you very much, and I will say adieu.
We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.